The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Just so beautiful. I love the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is where such is the inner transformation in our lives that love and joy and peace and kindness and long-suffering and gentleness and self-control and all, all those things, they manifest in our lives. But the infilling is, is more than the fruit. So, so you've got to have the fruit first. Come on. You can't lay a foundation of gifts without a fruit. But so you get the fruit and then you get the gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11. And it talks about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. It talks about faith, the gifts of healings. Uh, it talks about the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues. There's gifts of the Spirit. And the Bible tells us that the gifts of the Spirit are for the profit of all. What a wonderful thing it is to be used of God to bless others. What an amazing thing it is to say, God, use me to bless others. And for me, it's just such a vitally important thing. But, but again, you know, this is the trap. The trap that we think is this, is that, well, you've got to be really, really holy to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. You've got to be just this. No, you've just got to have faith. You just got to have faith that God can use you. You just got to have faith to open yourself up to God. And you can prophesy. The Bible says you can all prophesy one by one. You, you can be used by God to bring healing into people's lives. The Bible says these signs shall follow those who believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on, you've got to break free from the I'm not worthy enough and, and you know how bad I am and how imperfect I am and just get to a point where you say, God, if you want to use me, I become available. So can I just say to you, you don't have to choose between either gifts or character or fruit. Go for both. Ah, wouldn't it be awesome if you had both? You have the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit working hand in hand. What a great foundation that is. What's sad to say is that some people that have got the fruit don't go for the gifts. They're so focused on getting the fruit of the Spirit, they don't go for the gifts of the Spirit. Other people, they're so focused on getting the gifts of the Spirit, they don't go for the fruit of the Spirit. And you know what? You don't have to choose between one and the other. You can have both. You can have fruit and gifts. How many think that's awesome? Come on. Got to go for it. You know, I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 15, 16. It was 1975, so I was 16. It was May 1975, so that makes me 16. So I can still remember just what happened to me when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I can still remember just the transformation that took place in my life. Being brought up in church all of my life going to Sunday school as a little kid. I'm just so grateful for my parents that just took me to church as a little kid and laid a foundation of the Word of God. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changed for me. I became, I became a firebrand for Jesus. I can still remember sort of being one of those secret Christians. I think Esther was talking about it this morning, just being a secret Christian, sort of bringing God with me when I needed him, leaving him at home when I didn't need him. And so I was, most of my friends at school didn't even know that I was a Christian. That's how secret I was. Uh, 
You know, it was just just hiding it under the bushel. But when, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changed for me. I, I became a full-on evangelist. It was like, hang on here. How can I hide this? I, I know where the gold is. I need to tell others where the gold is. I remember the story of the lepers in Samaria, that when, when, when the famine was over, they knew where the food was. And they said, how can we keep this to ourselves? We've got all this food, and in the city they're starving. We need to tell them where the food is. That's the way that I was. I found this food. I found the presence of God. I found the glory of God. And I just wanted to tell people. It was like something was removed from my eyes. Something was removed from my heart. The Holy Spirit did such a work in me that I just wanted to preach the gospel. I just wanted to preach. And so... You know, it was pretty hard to do it at school because the teachers didn't like me preaching in class. And, uh, and so here's me as a 16-year-old joining up with a whole bunch of others. And we'd hit the streets of Newcastle on Friday night and Saturday night evangelizing. And, and so, you know, I was as bold as a lion. And so we, we had a coffee shop. Our church had a coffee shop in Hutter Street in Newcastle. And so it was just a place to invite people. This is 1975. Coffee shops were really cool. And um, Raisin Toast. Raisin Toast. There you go. Long hair. Dyed T-shirts. How many of you still remember that? Tie-dyed T-shirts. And I had an afro, incidentally. I didn't, and bell-bottom jeans. Come on. Come on. Ah, bell-bottom jeans with high heels, big, big platforms. When, when I say high heels, I'm not talking stilettos. I'm talking platforms, okay? So just get that right. You say, what? Yeah, yeah, guys, I, I'm talking about heels. I mean, if you were a short guy, you'd love that fashion, let me tell you. Because even short guys look tall. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I distract you from where I wanted to go. And so, and so bold as the lion. But not only that, I just believed that God wanted to use me to heal the sick as well. And, and I can never forget the first time that I literally launched out. So, so here I am on the streets witnessing to this guy, big footballer, and um, you know, talking about Jesus and the power of God and just all the great things about God and how Jesus came to heal us and how Jesus came. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. are you saying Jesus can heal? I said, my God can do anything. And he says, he says, I've just injured my knee at football and I can't play football anymore. Do you think that your Jesus can heal my, my, my knee? And I said, my God can do anything. <laughs> and he says, would you pray for me? And I said, sure. <laughs> I'll pray for you. And all of a sudden I was, you know, now you're put on the line. And so anyway, I'm not going to back down from this. So in the middle of Hunter Street, I get down on one knee and I put my hand on his knee. And I just say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And then I get up and he starts moving his knee. And he says, oh, that feels so much better. I told you my God can do anything. <laughs> I felt so bold all of a sudden. But he's, he's walking around. He's saying, hey, man. And he's talking to his friends and saying, hey, this guy just prayed for him and I got healed. Hey, why don't you come to our coffee shop? And we'll tell you more. Yeah. And we're leading people to Jesus on the street. And I'm seeing signs and wonders. I'm 16 years of age. Hadn't been to Bible school. 
just filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the boldness of a lion right there, the boldness of a lion. It was never intended to be for a glory club in church, just to, you know, well, it's, it's our little secret. You know, and we'll just lock the doors and turn down the lights and it's, and it's just for it's. It can start like that because it started for me in church, but it didn't end for me in church. It actually took me out of church to where the people were because it's an outward work. It's the power of the Holy Spirit transforming your life and causing your transformed life to transform the lives of others. So the number seven, the indwelling of the Spirit wants to reproduce the character of Jesus in your life. Whereas the infilling of the Holy Spirit wants to reproduce the ministry of Jesus out of your life. And Jesus himself said, the works that I do, you shall do also. But you know what? If, if that's all it said, I'd be happy with that. But you know what? There's a part two to that verse. You know, the works that Jesus did. He says, the works that I do, you shall do also. I'm happy with that. And then he goes, hang on, there's more. And greater works than these shall you do. What? Yeah, you're going to get more than three years. So get moving, baby. You're going to be not just in one little place in the world. You're going to be all over the world. You're going to do amazing things. And you know what? When I started to believe that, it was an amazing thing. So here I am now. I'm 27 years of age. It's uh, 1987. I might have uh, 1987, 87, and uh, and I get my opportunity to do my first crusade. And when I'm talking about crusades, I'm talking about mass evangelism. Got a chance to go to India, and um, with uh, with a ministry under Stuart Remens. And, um, and so I was just going to serve. I was just, you know, hey, this is my first time. Guys, whatever you want me to do, I'm happy to do. And then they said, hey, John, we wanted to go to a place called Nizamabad. And it's right out in the sticks and no evangelists go there. But are you happy to go there? Because we want to do a healing crusade up in Nizamabad. And I said, I'm willing to go wherever. You know, I'm, I'm here. I've come all this way. I just believe that God's going to do something awesome. And you know what? I'd prepared myself. I did my first 40-day fast for this crusade in, in, this, in, in, in India. I got really, really skinny. And, uh, but can I just say to you, it's the worst way to lose weight, to fast. If you want to get close to God, fast. If you want to lose weight, don't fast because you actually put on and more after the fast. Anyway, point that I make is this. So we went to this, to this town and I'd prepared myself spiritually, but there was a lot of people on my team that just turned up. They hadn't done 40-day fasts or anything like that. But they were praying for sick people and they were getting healed. I can still remember, they'd just go onto the streets. We'd send the teams out onto the streets. And I remember this guy, he's a bank teller. Okay, hadn't been to Bible school, wasn't a pastor, hadn't fasted one meal in his life, let alone 40 days and 40 nights. And he comes back with this news report. He says, he says, I prayed for a guy with elephantitis today. And I said, explain to them what elephantitis is. Well, you get this disease and your leg just, just blows out. And so it looks like the, the trunk of an elephant. 
And he says, he says, I laid hands on this guy with elephantitis. And I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And he said, it was like someone put a pin into a balloon before my eyes. I just saw the leg just squeeze back into normality. And I go, wow, you saw that? And you didn't even fast for one meal? That must be God. And, and, and this is the point. I learned something really, really valuable back then. It's not our works. It's not our holiness. It's not how much Bible school we've done, how much reading we've done, how much of us. It's all of him. It's, and if you are willing to be used by God, he will use you. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I can still remember doing this incredible crusade. We, we, we had... Hundreds and hundreds of people turn out. And, uh, and, and <laughs> I just remember this one night that I actually put people into a corner because I was going to pray for them in front of the people for them to be healed. So that we found a blind person. We found a lame person. You say, what? I'm telling you, when you put yourself out on a limb like that, God turns up. I think sometimes we just want to play it safe in a church. And, and the, some of these signs and wonders were never designed for us to keep in our church. They were designed for out there to God, for God to prove himself. And um, I was really, really impacted by a guy called T.L. Osborne when I was in Bible school. Who's ever heard of T.L. Osborne? Google T.L. Osborne. Read any of his material. He was a pioneer of Pentecost and, and healing and just an amazing thing. And I can still remember this crusade that he was doing in Indonesia. And, um, and so he, he had faith for people who were deaf to hear. And so what he did is that he called a deaf person out. And then, and then what he did is that he called all the religious leaders. And he had all of his missionaries on the stage there. Then he called all the religious leaders he called you know, the religious leaders of Islam and Buddhism and all the, different, all the different faiths. And he said, okay, this is the deal. You get to pray for this deaf man. If you pray and he gets healed, then we'll all follow your religion. And all the missionaries are getting very, very nervous. You know, they're sort of you know, biting their fingernails and they're getting very, very nervous. And, uh, and so none of the religious leaders would come forward. And he says, to prove to you that the Jesus that I preach is the Jesus that not only heals the sick, but is able to save sinners from their sins, be opened and the deaf people would hear. And I was like, I'm going to give this a go. I'm, I'm going to go to India and give this a go. I thought, who knows me here? You know, it's like, <laughs> I can catch a plane and go home. How many of you know that sometimes you just got to be bold? Hello. And um, you haven't got a reputation. Just be bold. Sometimes God wants us to die to reputation. And so I, I thought, I'll do a Teal Osborne. And so I got all these sick people and I lined them up and we're going to pray for them. And as I was preaching about Jesus, as I was preaching about Jesus, you know what happened while I was preaching Jesus? The power of God was so powerful that all these sick people got healed before I even prayed for them. And so, and so what happened is that when I called them on stage, they said, oh, he's already been healed. Oh, and, I'm, and I'm being disappointed now. Oh! Okay, the other person, the one that's deaf. I'm sorry, but he got healed. Oh! And I'm finding myself really disappointed that all these people were healed. And it was like he sent his word and healed them. This is the power of God. And sometimes what happens is this is that we get so caught up with speaking in tongues 
that we miss out on all the other things that Pentecost has got to offer. It's all the gifts of the Spirit. What an incredible thing, even to have a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. And, and one of the things that you see me operating a lot in our churches is a really layback way of prophesying or having a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, just pulling out various problems in people and then giving them a God solution. So they leave better than the way they came. You know, when I was a kid, it was all done in Old English. Yea, verily, thus saith the Lord. And it had to be done with a yea, verily, thus saith the Lord. And if you put on a bit of a shake, you made it a little bit more anointed. And uh, (laughs) I'm telling you, it was seriously, when I was a kid growing up, it was seriously a dangerous thing to come forward because they'd get the shakes. And, uh, and they'd go for you shaking and they'd, and they'd get hold of your head and they'd shake it. And, they'd just, and, um, and if, you know, you sort of come out looking like a galah with your hair all over the place because it was the anointing. And, you know, one of the things that we want to do is just the Bible says that the spirit of the prophet, uh, the, 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 prophet the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And so we can, we can just tone it down. We don't have to yell and scream and and shake and quake we can just do it really naturally and uh, and and that's what i love when we can be supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural and just operate in the gifts of the spirit in a natural way rather than a spooky way because we can spook people out of our church rather than they see something happening they see something supernatural and they're attracted by it the other thing that becomes i think something that we just got to get out of our heads is that it only happens at the front, at the altar. Again, over the years, our focus has been on this front section of the church that we literally call the altar. This bit of carpet here has been nicknamed the altar. And so we call people to the altar. And uh, this is where you get saved and this is where you get healed. And it's like, nah, sorry, but you're outside of the altar no anointing there. It's inside the altar. And so there's this spot at the front. Now, that's okay if that's what, what we believe. But let's not make the altar the only place where people yeah. get saved, healed, and delivered. Yeah. Why don't we make where you are, yeah. where you go yeah. as the altar. Wherever you go, you take the Holy Spirit with you. Yeah. So you, you can have a supernatural experience in the supermarket. You can have a supernatural experience on the street. You can have a supernatural experience anywhere because the Holy Spirit goes with you. And he's not restricted to the altar. You know, he's not restricted to the music and and the lights. And Now, all those things are wonderful, and and I don't want to knock them at all, but we just got to be so careful that we don't make that the focus. And we just got to get everything just right. No, the music is too loud. I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit can't move. No, the Holy... Music is too soft, the Holy Spirit can't move. The lights are too glary, the Holy Spirit can't move. The lights are too soft, the Holy Spirit can't move. And we can become so restrictive. Now, I want us to have all of the best modern stuff that there is, but not restrict God's presence to technology. Hello? Just come on. Technology is useful, and I love good music. But, you know, in the old days, they'd be all out of tune. Matter of fact, when I was a kid growing up, we actually had a guy in church that played the saw. The saw. You know the saw? Huh? How many have ever heard a saw, a saw played? See, some of you guys have just missed out on life. And so, so he'd have a saw with 
a violin bow. And so he'd bend the saw and play it with it, and you get a sound out of it. It's amazing. That was our musician. That's, the, that's how we did praise and worship with the saw. <laughs> Some of you are going, are you kidding me? Holy Spirit still moved with the saw. Huh? You know, I, I played the piano accordion. This Thursday, I'm going, I'm going to the Italian church and, uh, and uh, my friend Ivo is coming with me because he can speak Italian. And um, the whole service is in Italian and I'm bringing my piano accordion. Now, I find out that Ivo plays the piano accordion as well. Is that true, Jess? Does he play? We'll have to do a duet one day, just the two of us. Huh? Now, see, the point that I'm making is this. So, yeah, just the two of you is all that's going to be in the auditorium. Right? <laughs> just, hey, we had the bagpipes the other day, and Cameron did such a great job. So if we can get the bagpipes for you Scottish-loving people, we can get the piano accordion for you Italian-loving people. Never mind. Anyway, the point that I make is this, is that sometimes we put restrictions on the Holy Spirit. We tell him how he can and how he can't move. And all I'm saying to you is take off the restrictions. Let the Holy Spirit be God. Let him move and operate in your life and take out the boundaries. Take off the restrictions and something powerful will happen. The indwelling of the Spirit gives us a new walk. You remember this? Walk in the Spirit. And it's so important for us to walk in the Spirit. The infilling of the Spirit gives us a new talk. And what comes out of our mouth with a new talk is the prophetic. And uh, 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. What a powerful thing it is to say something that... Edify someone, exhort someone, comfort someone, lift somebody up, build someone up. What a powerful thing it is to be spirit-led so that when you open your mouth, you're not being critical, you're not being negative, you're not just pulling apart and tearing down, but you're lifting up. What a powerful thing it is to come into a church where every believer is encouraging and speaking yeah. words to encourage people. Just to... what what. A, can you, can you just picture a church where you might have been going through the worst week ever, but you come to church and someone's got a word for you. Someone's there to encourage you. Someone's there to build you up. And you leave better than the way you came. You leave with the deposit of God upon your life. That's the church that God wants. That's the prophetic church. That's the church that I want. And the Bible says you can all prophesy. You can all edify someone. You can all say something positive to encourage someone. That's the Holy Spirit, folks. And yet some people say, oh, it's of the devil. It's the devil. Um, since when does the devil encourage anybody? Huh? Since when does the devil lift people up? Since when does the devil heal people? Since when does the devil glorify Jesus? Since when does the devil draw people to Jesus? See, this is the thing about Pentecostals. We lift up the name of Jesus. We say to people, no, you must confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We build people up. We edify people. How can that be of the devil? Hello? No. What the devil is, is someone that wants to restrict you, keep you sitting in the pews, just being a spectator, never releasing you into your calling, into your ministry. What the devil wants for you to do is not to believe in yourself. What the devil wants for you to do is to say, well, I'm just not anointed. I don't have the information that Pastor John's got. I can't do anything. I just got to sit here, behave myself. What is that? 
God says, this is for you and your children to as many as are far off. God wants to anoint his church. God wants to anoint you. God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. So yeah, you get your character sorted, but now God wants you to have a ministry where you're changing lives, where you are power-packed for Jesus. You shall receive power. That's what Pentecostals believe. Power. Last point, and then I'm going to finish. Produces a language that builds people is what the indwelling does. And the infilling produces a language that builds you up. So let me talk about talking, speaking in tongues. Because if there's one thing that's controversial amongst the Pentecostals, is the speaking in tongues. So let me explain something to you. There's what's called the gift of tongues and the prayer language of tongues. And they're two different things. So what the disciples received on the day of Pentecost was the gift of tongues. And what's the gift of tongues but the ability to speak in a language that people understand but you've never learned that language. And so that language speaks something for them that glorifies God. And, and normally in, in a setting, it's got to be accompanied by a sister gift called the interpretation of tongues. So if, if, if I were to get up with the gift of tongues and speak to you in Chinese or Mandarin, and, and I've never learned that language, but there are people here that understand Mandarin, and then Phil gets up and he's never, and he's never learned Mandarin, but he gives a translation of what I said, an interpretation, then the people that speak Mandarin in this service go, wow, how did you speak Mandarin? And how did you interpret that? They say, wow, God must be in this place. That's the gift. That's the gift of tongues. And it has a purpose to communicate something to people that are there. But the prayer language is found in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. And this prayer language is, it's not for people. It's for God. He that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. And, 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 and he speaks mysteries. And it's like, hang on here. What's the purpose of this? Oh, I'm glad you asked that question. The purpose of this is not for others. It's for you. It's to build you up. And so here's God giving us this incredible ability to build ourselves up. And so what I do regularly is I speak in tongues regularly. It's my prayer language. It's, um, it's, it's, it's for me. It's private. And I build myself up. And I just I say, God, I'm giving out, giving out, giving out to people. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't go to a, some meeting somewhere and have someone lay hands upon me and, and, and pray for me all the time. Where's that, where's that going to happen? So I now have this secret place where I can get before the presence of God and I get yeah. built up. And so I speak this prayer language and God understands it. And it's, and it's for me and God. You can read about this in 1 Corinthians 14. You can read about it. It's, it's, when I prophesy, it's to build you up. But when I'm speaking in tongues, it's to build me up so that I can give out more. And, yeah. and this is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in a public meeting, I'd rather speak to you five words in your language than, than go off in my own personal prayer language. That's not going to benefit you. But hey, when you're not around, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Why is that? Because Paul knew he had to be built up. He had to be built up. And I think one of the problems with a lot of Christians is that they don't take time to build themselves up. 
And so, and so they, you know, they might get motivated and they preach the gospel and they pray for someone to get healed, but then they leak. And this is where Paul says in Ephesians, you've got to be filled with the Spirit. Keep being filled with the Spirit. Come on, constantly be filled with the Spirit so that your battery levels don't go and you're flat. Just keep your batteries filled so you're ready. You're charged up. You're ready to go. Man, what's going on here? I'm charged up. I put my fingers in the socket, Holy Spirit socket. I'm charged up. You say, what happens there? Every Sunday you come here, I'm not... Low batteries. And, you know, well, folks, I've had a tough week this week. You know, I don't know if I can make it another week. What is that? You don't need that from me. You need someone who's been charged up. Oh, but that's your personality. No, that's the Holy Spirit. Huh? That's the Holy Spirit, see? And that's where, that's where people of the Spirit know how to charge themselves up. They get into the presence of God and you say, what in the world are you saying? That's my prayer language. I use that all the time. And, and I'm happy to use the prayer language in the presence of God. But in church, for you guys, I don't do that. I speak to you in English, sometimes in Italian, and then I translate. But more often than not, it's in English so that you can be built up. But in my personal time or in the car, I turn the music up and I'm going for it. And uh, these days, people just think you're talking to the telephone. And uh, back in the old days, they'd look at Cross and they think, yeah, be crazy, mate. But now that mobile phones are in, they just think I'm talking to the telephone. And, but I'm actually on the telephone to glory, glory to God. I'm actually talking to God. And that's what this is all about. Hey, folks, let me finish today by saying this. Some of you need the power. Some of you are struggling because you don't have the power and you need the power. You need the character and you need the power. You need the inner work, you need the outward work, you need both. And today, we're just going to do something very, very simple. We're just going to pray. We're going to pray, first of all, for the Holy Spirit just to come and dwell within us. And we're going to ask Jesus, if there's any sin in our life, just to cleanse us. Just, just the Holy Spirit loves holy ground. And I think sometimes... You know, we, we sort of leave out the descriptor, Holy Spirit, Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit. He's holy and he loves holiness. And, and we, can, we can grieve him by being, you know, offensive. We can grieve him by being unforgiving. We can grieve him by just being angry, cantankerous, mad people. And sometimes that grieves the Holy Spirit. And what we need to do is to say, Holy Spirit, if I've grieved you, I, I want to I, I ask your forgiveness so that I don't grieve you, but I actually welcome you. I want to acknowledge your presence. I just want to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. So why don't we just bow our heads, close our eyes. And just, just the musicians, you're cool. Just stay there. We'll pray this and then you can play. Just if, if you want to open up the palms of your hands, for me it's body language. It just says something powerful. It just says, I'm open, I'm submitted. Then, then I just want you to pray this prayer. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that it's your blood that cleanses me, that washes me, 
that makes me holy. And if I've done anything to offend you, to grieve the Holy Spirit, I ask you to forgive me right now. Now, if the Holy Spirit just brings to your memory some things that you've done that's grieved him, why don't you just confess those things right now? Just ask God's forgiveness. Just say, God, I just ask forgiveness. You don't have to say it out loud, but even in your heart, just name those things that, so, that, so that you can just be free and the enemy will not be able to condemn you. He won't be able to point a finger at you. Just, you know, maybe you've just been resentful. Maybe you've just been angry. Maybe you've just this, that and the other. Just God forgive, release. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you. Right now, I, I declare cleansing upon you. I declare freedom in Jesus' name. Whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.